Minnesota Twins sent Miguel Sano to Class A to try and work through his slump. The Pirates' Gregory Polanco has one option left, so maybe the Pirates should do the same thing with Polanco. Seriously, Polanco has one option left. He could be sent to the minors without having to pass through waivers. And what they're doing with Polanco currently isn't working. When you're a lazy bastard, which Polanco is, and you're hitting around 200, and you still keep starting like 80% of the time, where's the incentive to do better? Polanco doesn't need coddled. The Pirates have tried that. It hasn't worked. Polanco needs a good, sharp kick up the backside, like, say, a trip to the minors. But that won't happen. Polanco's slash line is a nightmare. 204-306-408. He absolutely stinks. There's no nice way to describe it, and there's no advanced metrics that hide it. Polanco stinks. And there is no point to take an at-bats away from Dickerson, Marte, and Meadows to let Polanco work through it. Let him work through it in the minors like Miguel Sano of the Twins. Sick of Games brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. Seriously, if the Pirates are legitimately trying to win, you can't play Gregory Polanco. You just can't. Hurdle is making himself look like an idiot. Send Polanco to the minors. Here's another frightening stat with Polanco. He has eight home runs, but since April 12th, Polanco has only three home runs. Polanco is contributing nothing and has been contributing nothing for one heck of of a long time. Earlier today, John Wayner, the ex-pirate now broadcasting for the team, he said in an interview, Polanco isn't hurt, like Hurdle implied. Wayner said Polanco was just dogging it. That's a pirate broadcaster saying that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Double M on the X. The big story is Martavis Bryant uh, getting suspended. That's the word by the NFL for yet another drug violation. No word on if he skipped a test or flunked a test. I'm assuming it's pop and who knows, PEDs, maybe even the hard stuff. Um, I don't know if uh, Martavis saw pot as a gateway drug or just a means to an end in and of itself, but... uh, Kevin Colbert looks like a genius today for having traded Bryant to Oakland for a third-round pick, a third-round pick that turned out to be Mason Rudolph that might well end up being the Steelers' next number one quarterback. And I remember when they traded Bryant, a lot of fans, a lot of media guys said they should have gone into the season with Martavis Bryant. They needed that deep threat. They needed a guy to unlock the other team over the top. Too many people just look at sports as statistics and nothing else, as 4-4 times and nothing else, vertical leap and, and nothing else. 
just the basics, just the football speak stuff in the case of the NFL. And there's more to it than that. And that's why, as I've been saying, the Steelers did the right thing trading Brian. I said that before he got suspended. And the Steelers have done exactly the right thing, not giving Le'Veon Bell a long-term contract. The Steelers have played it perfectly with Bell. He got popped for pot not once but twice. I go once was te- I guess once technically was just a uh, conduct suspension because he was smoking pot in a car and it was uh, not a test. It was again conduct, but but still he got suspended for pot not once but twice. It's going to happen again. I bet he's smoking the doobage in that studio, in Atlanta with Wiz Khalifa right now, that guy's not going to stop smoking pot. Now, he's good enough where you don't want to let him go cavalierly, but you don't want to give him long-term. Any team would have to be nuts to give him long-term, let alone at the money Martavis Bryant, excuse me, Le'Veon Bell wants to sign long-term. Now, the Steelers played it exactly right. Year by year, even if it's very costly to do so, you up his workload, the wheels fall off, He's going to get suspended eventually again. I'd bet on that. And then at the end of this coming season, you just let him walk away. The Steelers have handled that perfectly, just like they handled the Martavis Bryant situation absolutely perfectly. Uh, Ray Fittipaldo in the Post-Gazette joins me at 4.30. We're going to talk uh, about Mason Rudolph, who really, boy, has made quite an impression at Steelers minicamp. There's already talk of him being the number two quarterback behind Ben, although I don't believe that has any chance of manifesting, particularly as the season opens, because with football coaches, it's all about how well the quarterback knows the system. Landry Jones could lose a hand and lose a foot, but if he knows the system better than Rudolph, he's going to be on the depth chart ahead of Rudolph, and I understand that. I'm not criticizing because when the number one goes out hurt, especially if it's in the middle of a game, you want that transition to be as seamless as possible. And that's why a coach will cling to a lesser talent as the number two if the number three doesn't know the system as well, which Mason Rudolph clearly doesn't. Not yet. But uh, Rudolph has impressed with his talent. He's impressed with his Willingness to learn. And I think he will come along as the number two sooner, not later, but uh, not at the beginning of this coming season. I feel very comfortable in predicting that. We're also talking about uh, Tiger Woods soiling the bed at Shinnecock Hills. We're talking about Carcillo and Boynton, a hack and a goon, two retired hockey players crusading against head trauma and calling the NHL out for not being responsible enough, but uh, those two guys aren't the cure. They've been carriers. They've hurt a lot of opponents. Uh, Mackay thought that it's good that anybody talks about it. I'd prefer they didn't talk about it. I don't think they have the right to talk about it, and I certainly don't think they have the right to whine about their current physical state and mental state when they're just reaping what they sowed. I have no sympathy for Carcillo or Boynton at all. And you need a reminder what a little rat jerk-off cheap shot Carcillo was. I posted five videos 
of him taking just gratuitous cheap shots at players. You can check them out on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. I'll give you an example of one of them. couple seconds left in a Penguins playoff win over Philadelphia. Not a series clincher, but, you know, the end of the game, Penguins lead, I think it was 4-1. to one. Carcillo takes a draw against Max Talbot, punches and butt ends him in the head at the same time, right on the draw. And now that guy wants me to feel sorry for him. I would pay money to watch him drool in a cup so I could laugh at it. He deserves no sympathy. He's not a victim. And I can't stress that strongly enough. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. We got Ray Fittipaldo from the Post-Gazette joining me at the bottom of the hour to talk about the Steelers minicamp. Not a lot of news coming out of Steelers minicamp, although uh, Mason Rudolph, well, you wonder how forced the praise for him is in order to create some kind of story, but uh, he's he's drawn rave reviews. Morgan Burnett, the new safety, the free agent signing from Green Bay, he's drawn rave reviews as well, but I think that's after looking at tape of him having played with the Packers and envisioning what he'll bring to the table with the Steelers at safety. Uh, it's being assumed that he'll play that quasi-linebacker role, that he'll be the safety that's in the box close to the line and helping out against the run. Uh, kind of the Troy Pulamalu role from years past, although as good as Morgan Burnett may be, he ain't Troy Pulamalu, especially not Troy in his prime. But but at least some storylines are developing with the Steelers. The flip of uh, Dupree and T.J. Watt. Uh, trying to figure out what's going to go on at safety with Sean Davis. At one time presumed to be the free safety, but now they're not sure exactly what's to be done with him or what's to be done with the safety position beyond that Morgan Burnett is going to be the mainstay, the main focus of that position. I still find myself wondering what will happen at inside linebacker because those guys just aren't good enough. Well, we don't know about Bostic yet. But Vince Williams, if he's your best inside linebacker, you're going to give up 45 points to Jacksonville in a playoff game. And that's what happened. Uh, Dirty Rand's not a, a starter. He's no more than a special teams guy to me. So I'm curious to see how they get around the situation at inside backer. And it says a lot about all the rushing yardage they gave up to Jacksonville with Leonard Fournette running wild, brother. When they have such a great front three, when they have Hargrave and Tuit and and uh, Cam Hayward, and they're absorbing blockers, they're creating places for the inside backers to make plays, and those guys weren't making them. Pointedly and decidedly weren't making them. And I reiterate, the Steelers can't win a championship with that defense. They can win the division, they can make the playoffs, they can even win a playoff game, but I don't think they can string playoff wins together with that defense. That's no matter how good the offense does. Plus, would it shock anybody if Bell didn't have a great season after missing a second straight training camp? Would it shock anybody if Brown didn't have a great season given his rant this week, given that he's clearly not in a good place emotionally and mentally unless unless that's just me reading too much into it, but boy, I saw that as a cry for help by Braun, as I've been saying all week. So a lot of interesting subplots and sidebars with the Steelers. 
And like Keith Butler said, the defensive coordinator, they won five games last year with late field goals. So even though they were 13-3, and three, that could turn. That could go bad. That might not be the same way this season. Although, uh, with that division, I don't see how they don't win the division. I don't see how Baltimore or Cincinnati or Cleveland can finish ahead of them. I mean, I guess the Baltimoreans would have a chance, but uh, I don't think so. I just do not think so. 412-333-9939 is the number to call up. We've been talking about the Carcillo and Boynton thing. All the bleeding hearts are saying, oh, these guys are having so many problems. They're going through a lot emotionally. What about the guys they hurt? What about the guys they concussed? What about the guys who were victimized by them? Why aren't we talking about them? Why aren't we talking to them? Why aren't we wondering about their long-term health and quality of life? Boynton and Carcillo, again, I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it a thousand more. They're just reaping what they sow and should not be felt sorry for at all. And I'm getting crap on Twitter. Well, shouldn't they be forgiven? Shouldn't they be allowed to help right the wrong now? I don't know. Should Roseanne get another TV show? Should Kevin Spacey be in more movies? Should Louis C.K. be back in the mainstream with his comedy again? Because I'll be honest, if it comes down to Daniel Carcillo butt-ending me in the head or Kevin Spacey grabbing my ass, I'll take the Kevin Spacey thing. That came out kind of weird, but, but you know what I mean. It just, it, it just, we believe in second chances for some and not for others. And I'm sorry, as a diehard hockey person, these guys hurt people and should not be easily forgiven and their problems should not be a major concern. 412-333-9939. Up next, we're going to talk football with Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette. After that, we'll be instituting Free Phone Friday. You can talk about any kind of sports, bring up any topic. That's a cliched sports talk device as well, but I'm willing to indulge it today. But next up, it's Ray Fittipaldo, 105.9. The Steelers just wrapped up minicamp yesterday. Joining me now from the Post-Gazette. It's football writer Ray Fittipaldo. Ray, uh, it didn't take long for Mason Rudolph to impress people. Uh, what did the coaches like about the rookie quarterback uh, after minicamp? Well, Mark, I think he's poised. I think he showed he had a strong command of the offense. Uh, he knows how to run a huddle. And I think it's obvious when you when you watch him in the OTAs in the minicamp, he throws a great ball. I think the knock against him, um, when he was drafted, and one of the reasons he fell to the third round uh, was his lack of mobility. He was a guy in college who um, really couldn't escape the pocket or make many plays on the run. Um, you know, but the Steelers, with a veteran offensive line and um, a ton of money invested in, in that offensive line, they didn't feel like that was an issue. So they feel, feel really comfortable with him right now. They're not going to make any decisions until they see him play in preseason games, but so far, they like what they see. Can Rudolph really beat out Jones for the number two quarterback job that quickly, Ray? Can he absorb the system that quickly? Well, Mark, they're not rolling it out. That's how much they like him so far. They're not rolling it out, but I don't think they're counting on it either because with Landry Jones, you know 
in him that you have a guy who can come into a game and, you know, get you out of the stadium with a win. Um, you know, Landry's a guy who's, who's proven in the past that he can um, even win you a game for a week or two span if, if Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt. I think it could be a situation, Mark, and we'll have to wait to see how it plays out. But Landry could end up being the guy if Ben is laid up for a week or two. And then if it was anything long-term with Ben, I think they just might go with, with the rookie Rudolph just because Landry Jones isn't going to be around past 2018. So you think that they already see Rudolph as the successor to Ben? You think they're satisfied that that's the direction this will head eventually? Well, Mark, if you look at the comments that Kevin Colbert made uh, the day they drafted Mason Rudolph, the fact that they came out and said right away that they have a first-round grade on him, I think, yeah, that's that's in their plans long-term, but they're not going to force Ben Roethlisberger out the door anytime soon um, either. I, I think, you know, Ben is a guy who's, who's I think he's going to finish out this contract. I think there's a, a good chance that they might even extend him next year. Um, so I don't think this is a situation where Ben has to be looking over his shoulder, even though you could read into his comments from earlier this spring that he is. I don't think that uh, that's Kevin Colbert's plan right now, but I do think down the road that, yes, they do view Mason Rudolph as that type of guy. I, I will say this. Without having seen Rudolph uh, as a pro yet, Landry Jones sometimes just doesn't appear comfortable out there. Maybe that's what you're talking about when when you speak of control of the huddle, uh, etc. Yeah, I mean, with Landry, you know, he got them uh, a win against Arizona back in 2015. Arizona was a good team. He threw some, some nice passes in that game. Um, but really, for the most part, he's played against the Browns. Um, he's gotten most of his wins against the Browns. So um, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, I think he can hand off the Le'Veon Bell 25, 30 times a game, um, get you a win against maybe an opponent that you should beat. I don't know if they could stick with Landry Jones if it's going to be a month or six weeks, you know, should Ben Roethlisberger get hurt. I think it's going to be a situation, um, you know, if it ever came to that, that they would just go ahead and go with Mason Rudolph just because he's the heir apparent. And he's the guy of the future. And, and, Ray, it's hard to believe the Steelers got that pick to draft Rudolph in exchange for Martavis Bryant. And by that I mean it's kind of ironic today, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I saw that news this morning when I woke up. And, I, you know, it's uh, you're right, Mark. I was listening to the show. There are a lot of people who, um, uh, you know, sort of ripped Kevin Colbert for for not addressing the, the present and maybe looking towards the future with that pick. But anytime you could trade a player who um, is one step away from an indefinite suspension and going into the final year of his contract for the number 80 overall pick, you have to do it. I thought it was a great move then, and today, boy, he's looking like a genius. Do the Steelers worry about Lev Bell in that regard, with him having flunked a couple of drug tests? Because... Bell is in the studio right now with Wiz Khalifa, and that would not escape notice if I were Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I you know, the Steelers would have signed Le'Veon Bell to a long-term deal last year. They thought they had a deal done, so I don't think they have those concerns um, about Le'Veon. And if you remember what Le'Veon said um, when he was suspended, 
Um, I think it was more for a, uh, a mistest or a miscommunication um, than it was for, uh, you know, failing a P-test. So um, I don't think there are concerns with Le'Veon like there, there are with Martavis. If you remember with Martavis, Mark, um, he blew right through that 10-game suspension right to the full year just because he had so many screw-ups within that system. So Le'Veon, uh, he's been clean for a while now. Uh, there's not the same concerns, but you're right. You know, he's been a guy who has uh, been suspended twice now, and, you know, if he has another one, I think it'll be another um, – I, I think this time it would be more than four games. So there certainly is that concern out there, but the Steelers don't seem overly concerned with that possibility. When I consider Bell's workload and the pot thing and his injuries, Ray, I would never sign him long-term. I think the Steelers, when it's all said and done and he leaves – after having been franchised twice and after a whole lot of carries, I think history may well judge the Steelers handled it exactly right. Well, yeah, if they if they don't sign him to a long term deal before July sixteenth, and I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. I, I think they're gonna try again and ultimately I think Le'Veon is, is gonna go for the money. Um, but I think you're right. I mean there's a lot of wear and tear on Le'Veon Bell. Um, he's not getting younger, and running back is the one position in the league, Mark, um, where you you really hit your prime early. You know, you're you're not playing your best past 27, 28 years old. I think the Steelers felt really comfortable signing, you know, Antonio Brown to 17 million a year because receivers over the years have proven you could play well until you're 32, 33. If you look at Jerry Rice, he was having great years when he was 33 years old. That's not the case when you're a running back. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. If, if it works out the way I think it's going to work out, you know, the Steelers might be getting out just in time. Talking to Ray Fittipaldo, the Post-Gazette here on 105.9. Uh, besides Mason Rudolph, Ray, were there any other revelations at minicamp? Uh, you know, Mark, on the Mark Davis Bryant subject, they, they invested a second-round pick in James Washington. And like Mason Rudolph, he looked really good. Um, in these practices, these unpadded practices, you know, read into them what you will, but the guy just makes plays. Um, he was going up, making contested catches in practice, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what this guy can do, um, not only in training camp, but, you know, more precisely the preseason games. Um, I really want to see what he can do. Um, that's asking a lot for a rookie to come in and to have the type of impact that a number three receiver has to have. But they haven't been shy about, um, you know, stating he's going to be that guy. They said it on draft night. They said it throughout this process. So they sort of hit the jackpot with Juju Smith-Schuster last year and the way he was able to come on and, and make an impact. And um, really, when you look at it, they're really banking on James Washington to have a similar impact. The Steelers got a couple new coaches. And uh, Tom Bradley and Carl Dunbar with the DBs and the D-line, those two seem to have made quite an impression, Ray. Yeah, I, I think the, the big thing, certainly with, with Tom Bradley, um, I think we can all agree the secondary has sort of been the weak link on this defense for the past few years. I'm not absolving the linebackers or the D-line, certainly with, with, with the, the, the rush defense being in shambles at the end of last year. But, you know, the big plays, Mark, and listening to these players after these games saying it's, you know, miscommunication, it's mental errors. You just can't have that. I mean, that's one of the reasons 
that the Patriots are so good every single year. They're not the most talented team, but Bill Belichick has guys on that team who understand the defense, who know how to get lined up, um, who don't make mental errors. And for too long here, the Steelers have drafted great athletes, and for whatever reason, just the, um, the mental errors always seem to add up with this, this team. And I think with Bradley, he's coming in, he's stressing fundamentals. Um, I think he'll get that communication stuff straightened out. And if they can, I'm not saying that's the most talented secondary in the league, but if they can get that communication stuff straightened out, Mark, I think they'll have a much better shot of contending for a Super Bowl um, in 2018. Now, Bradley was a defensive coordinator in college uh, for decades. Will he have any input on any schematic decisions made by Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator? Because if I were Butler, I would see Bradley as one heck of a resource, at least a sounding board. Yeah, I think, you know, in in the last five to ten years that, that Tom was in college, Mark, he dealt with a lot of the spread stuff that has sort of leaked into the NFL game. So, like, you know, a lot of the stuff with read option and uh, running quarterbacks and that type of thing. You know, Tom's really seen it a lot. You know, he's, he's seen it. He's seen the roots of that when he was at West Virginia and UCLA and before that Penn State. So, in that way, yes, I, I do think he could um, help out Keith Butler when it comes to that type of stuff. But, you know, they're going to lean on Mike Tomlin. Uh, they're going to lean, lean on Keith Butler and the rest of those coaches to, to, to have input as well. But I do think Tom, um, with his background facing the spread, I, I do think that could come in handy um, when they face a team like that. I just saw an interview with John Bostick, the free agent signing at inside backer, and he said the Steelers brought him in to be an every-down player. Uh, that certainly hasn't availed itself uh, in his salad days with the team. Ray, at the end of the day, how will inside backer shake down with Williams and Bostick and Matikiewicz? Uh Great question, Mark. I thought it was going to be Bostick when they signed him. Now, they didn't sign him for a ton of money. I think it's like a little more than $2 million a year, maybe $2.5 million a year. It's not a lot of money, but I, you know, based on his, his, his history and you know, being a starter in his previous stops, I thought he would be that guy. But throughout the spring, it was Tyler Matikiewicz who was – in there with the ones mostly. Um, now, I've heard it said that uh, they didn't want to put a lot on Bostic early. They just wanted him to learn the playbook. But that hasn't been there. They haven't done that in the past. If you think back to when Ryan Shazier was drafted, they threw him in there on the first day of OTAs, and they let him learn the system. So it's been a little bit of a different um, approach here with Bostic. I still think he's he, he might get that job, but I'm not as convinced as that now as I was back in March when they signed him. Is tackling a concern? Butler said yes, but Tomlin said no. Yeah, I couldn't believe what Tomlin said uh, yesterday, Mark. Well, Ray, that's because he's a jerk. But, but, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? I mean, you watch Mike Mitchell try to tackle people in the open field the last five years, and it's a joke. And for Mike Tomlin to stand up there and say, well, the only reason Keith Butler and Tom Bradley said that was because they have to do interviews. I mean, just completely disingenuous, Mark. Um, you know, I credit Tom Bradley and, and Keith Butler for saying that. Um, Keith says he's going to put it into action in training camp. You know, we'll see how that goes. They, they don't want to get their starters hurt, but I don't know. For, for Mike to come out and, and say that, 
um, not only was it a lie because they stuck at tackling, but um, I, I don't think it put uh, Keith Butler or Tom Bradley in a very favorable, favorable light either. How do they work on tackling? Because I just don't believe, Ray, don't believe the Steelers are going to do much contact work at training camp, more than they do anyway. Well, you know, if, if, if you go up there, Mark, they tackle more than than any other team in the league or close to it. I mean, that's what we hear from other reporters. Well, right, that's my point. That's, yeah, that's what we hear from other players when they come here. Um, but they don't do it a lot with the first team. You know, they're not putting their stars um, in peril in 11-on-11 trails um, up at St. Vincent. So I think it might more be a case where they're working on that in individuals, you know, so we're, you could sort of control the environment and you could do thud, but, you know, you're not tackling to the ground. I think it'll be more that than having the one, ones-on-ones, um, you know, doing tackling to the ground during team drills um, during training camp. Morgan Burnett's a new guy, the, the safety from Green Bay, free agent signing. Is he going to do the most to replace Shazier? Uh, we talked about inside backer a moment ago, and you keep hearing about safeties playing instead of backers. And if one guy is equipped to play closer to the line, down in that box, I guess it is Morgan Burnett, right? Yeah, he's done it. That's what he did in Green Bay. Um, you know, he played all over the place in that defense, a similar defense. But yeah, he's got that experience. But based on what we've seen for the past month. Mark, we don't really know that yet because they really didn't debut, um, you know, their big nickel or their dime where they're going to have that those extra DBs in there. So I think the question right now is, are they going to feel more comfortable with Morgan Burnett just being the strong safety and then maybe having Terrell Edmonds come in and be that sort of that big nickel or that dime linebacker? Or are they going to feel comfortable enough with Terrell Edmonds at some point that he could play the deep safety, and then, of course, Morgan Burnett would just simply move up, stay on the field, but he would just move up and be that dime linebacker um, when they needed it. When they drafted Edmonds, I didn't think he had a chance to play early. But, boy, it, it sounds like they like him better right now than they do Sean Davis, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, they still like Sean Davis, Mark. I, You know, I, I think they're much in the same way they're trying to do with Dupree. Um, you know, they're trying to put him in a favorable situation. I think they're trying to do that with Sean Davis, too. Um, you know, he's been a strong. They don't really think he's a, he's cut out to be that. So they're trying to put him in another position where maybe he could flourish a little bit more. I don't think they're giving up on Sean Davis, but this is a big year for him. Uh, he's going into his third year. They're going to have to make a decision here relatively soon if they want to sign him to a second contract. I don't think he's warranted it thus far, but if he has a good year this year and he finally finds a home at free, I think he would be a candidate for a guy to earn a second contract um, in 2019. Ray, great stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time. All right, Mark. Appreciate you having me on. That's Ray Fittipaldo. Check out his work at postgazette.com. It's a free phone Friday. Any topic you want to bring up? Jermaine to sports, of course, is okay by me. Dial 412-333-WXDX. Double M on the X. Coming at you till 6 o'clock here on 105.9. Thanks to Ray Fittipaldo for joining me. Yeah, uh, John Bostick, the linebacker signed by the Steelers from Chicago, 
uh, said in an interview that he expects to play every down. That's what they brought him in for. Now, you see, that's what I would have figured they brought him in for, but that would mean him superseding to some degree Vince Williams because they're only going to have one inside backer in there in a lot of packages. Would that be Bostic over Williams? I don't know about that. And I think it should be, but I don't know about that. And uh, right now, Tyler Matakevich, Dirty Red, is listed above Bostic on the depth chart. So still a lot of things that have yet to play out with the Steelers, and, and certainly a lot of twists and turns will take place between now and the start of the regular season. But I, I stress again, they got to find a way to get better from that defense and better than currently expected from that defense as well. Just have to. I can't believe anybody thinks for one second this team can accomplish much with that defense, with, with Shazier not having been replaced, with the, the DB still up in the air, who does what and how much. So, again, lots to talk about regarding the Steelers on D. And even on offense, uh, when's Bell show up? How good is he going to be? Is A.B. going to crack up? I think that's a danger. I do. Is Juju Smith-Schuster going to be a celebrity or a receiver? Wouldn't shock me if that kid sucked his sophomore year. It's always tough the second time around for a skilled player in the NFL. And given the distractions he's provided himself, I just don't have the faith. All y'all too busy laughing at how funny he is and how cute he is. To Remember, this is football, and you got to get better, and it's not easy to do so. Ben is the constant. Ben, you know exactly what you're going to get, and it's going to be good enough to win most nights. But uh, as he gets older, it's fair to say that he will need more help and does right now. Uh, we were talking earlier about Austin Meadows not being in the lineup tonight. Polanco is going to play instead. Th think about this, too. This this slipped past me. Pirates didn't play yesterday. Why does Meadows need rested? He rested yesterday. This ain't about rest. This is about Hurdle playing a guy who doesn't deserve to for reasons I can't fathom. For reasons I can't fathom. I said earlier in the program, I'd send Polanco to the minors just like the Twins sent Sano to the minors. 412-333-9939. Going to talk about Mason Rudolph in just 30 seconds. That's the Steelers' rookie quarterback. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9.